The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Another play fake. Beth wide open. Man wide open. Touchdown, Iowa. George Kittle, his second straight week with a touchdown catch, and Iowa draws first blood here on homecoming. And Clay, there's the play action on first down. If you're going to crowd the line of scrimmage and you're going to pressure in between the tackles, you have to be able to answer down the field. Beathard, terrific play action. He closes the gap with his running back and finds a wide open George Kittle for six. Iowa on top. 6 nothing here in the first quarter. Hello everyone, this is John Patchett and welcome to the football show from Hawkeye's Mike. This is our new Reporter's Notebook podcast, this week featuring Steve Batterson, who looks back at the Hawks' Big Ten home win over Illinois and previews this week's road game against Northwestern. And you'll hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game, Iowa's Kirk Ferentz and Northwestern's Pat Fitzgerald. This Hawkeye's Mike podcast is one in a series of our weekly programs, which includes sports reporter Scott Docterman of the Gazette and Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times, plus our own Tyler Chumeland. Game highlights are courtesy of ESPN2 with announcers Clay Mantvik and John Kinjemi. We very much appreciate it and thank them. Hawkeye's Mike programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. In another Big Ten road contest this weekend, the Iowa Hawkeyes, who are 6-0 and 2-0 and in conference play, travel to Northwestern, which is 5-1 and 1-1 and and in the Big Ten. Iowa is 6-0 and for the first time since 2009, the second time under Kirk Ferentz, and only the seventh time in school history. The Hawkeyes are one of just six teams in the nation that are 6-0, and and three of those teams are in the Big Ten, along with Iowa. It's Ohio State and Michigan State. Iowa is ranked 17th in both polls while Northwestern is ranked 20th in the AP poll, 21st in the coaches. This is the first time Iowa and Northwestern have met when both teams have been ranked since 1996. The Hawkeyes are seeking to improve to 7-0 for the first time since 2009, the second time under Kirk Ferentz, and only the fifth time in school history. Iowa is also looking for a 3-0 Big Ten start for the third time under Ferentz. The Hawkeyes sit alone atop the Big Ten West standings with their 2-0 conference record. Northwestern, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Minnesota are all tied for second at 1-1. One and one. This is Northwestern's homecoming game. They're coming off a very tough 38-zip loss at Michigan. Head coach Pat Fitzgerald said the poor performance against Michigan was a combination of both poor execution and Michigan's players winning individual battles. Former head coach Gary Barnett is the honorary captain for this game. He led the Wildcats to the 1995 Rose Bowl berth. A team on which Fitzgerald was a starting linebacker. Fitzgerald and his players have talked all week long about how stung they were by last year's 48-7 loss at Kinnick Stadium. Iowa leads this all-time series 49-24-3. It also holds a 23-15-3 advantage in games played in Evanston. The Hawkeyes have won three of the last four meetings, but have lost the last two games played on Ryan Field. The Hawkeyes' last win in Evanston was in 2 
2007, a 28-17 victory. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz is in his 20th year as a head coach, his 17th at the head of the Hawkeyes. His record at Iowa, 181-85. and He ranks 9th all-time in the Big Ten in coaching wins. Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald is in his 10th season at Northwestern, where his record overall is 65-54. and Believe it or not, Fitzgerald now ranks second to Ferentz in longevity among Big Ten head football coaches. After this game, Iowa has a bye week. It's badly needed at this point in the season, especially with all of the injuries. Northwestern travels to Nebraska next Saturday. The Iowa-Northwestern contest is on ABC TV Nationwide with an ESPN2 mirror with Dave Pash and Brian Greasy calling the game. On radio as usual, it's Gary Dolphin and Ed Podolak on the Hawkeye Radio Network. This week's game is also available on Satellite Radio, XM Channel 195, and Sirius Channel 135. We're going to be broadcasting from a hot tub full of scotch. Vaughn is back in. That's good to see for Illinois. The running back, number five. Vaughn fighting the crowd. Trying to get that audible out. They run it to Vaughn. Fumble. Ball comes out. Who's got it? Iowa says they do. They're unstacking the pile. Hawkeyes football, second Illinois turnover, and it comes at the worst time for the Illini. Let's hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game. First up, Iowa head coach Kurt Ferentz, who talks about juggling his offensive line due to the injuries there, plus the play of true freshman James Daniels, who, if he starts Saturday as planned, will become the first true freshman offensive lineman ever to start under Ferentz. You know, we're running out of options, so uh, basically, I'm only laughing, uh, the options are limited, which means a couple guys are going to have to do more than one thing, and, you know, we, we saw some of that on Saturday, James jumping out there at right tackle. So, you know, we'll just have to keep keep uh, playing or practicing several guys at several spots because, you know, it depends where the where the water starts coming in the boat. That's where we've got to make the repairs and, and shift guys. So the guys have done a good job with that. And that you know, was a tough on the job training for a first year guy. But I thought he really settled down, did a great job. And he, he's going to be a really good football player for us. He's already doing a lot of good things. Kirk was asked about his confidence in backup quarterback Tyler Wiegers, especially given C.J. Beathard's health right now. If they're on the game field, we're confident in them. That's, uh, that's our motto. So uh, uh, Tyler Tars gaining ground, and you know, on that whole topic, it's, it goes back to the line or the other things. You know, the, the biggest thing is, uh, if this was April, I'd be really concerned about a lot of things. If uh, or August first, I'd be still concerned. But we've had ten weeks of practice. I think we've seen a lot of growth with a lot of players on our team, not just guys that are out there on playing on Saturdays. So a lot of guys are growing, and for us, that's really critical because we don't have the depth that maybe some of the some schools do, some programs do. Uh, we're a little bit more of a you know growing on the run type of, type of deal, and uh, so it's really important if our our back. Backups and, and guys behind the backups aren't growing and improving. You know, we're going we're gonna to hit a void. And thus far, we've been lucky to have a guy like Parker jump in and do such a great job. Uh, we've had guys pick up the slack, uh, Cole Croston at the line, to offensive tackle position. So that, that's something you hope is going on at all positions. But going back to Tyler, he still hasn't had that game experience. So whenever he does get out there, it's going to be different. And if it's at the end of the game and we have a lead, that'd be great. But, you know, you don't get that many chances during the course of the season, especially in our, our conference. You just don't get many of those opportunities. Ferentz explains his reluctance to talk and dwell on injuries in football. The worst part 
part about uh, two things I, I just would rather not uh, have to have exposure to are discipline issues and injuries. And injuries mostly uh, more so because usually discipline's the uh, unfortunate. Usually somebody makes a bad decision, you know, an immature decision, a bad decision, bad judgment. So at least, you know, there are, there's something usually it's brought upon yourself. You know, you kind of get what you deserve a lot of times. But injuries, they're usually nobody's fault. You know, it's just the way it is. But it's part of football and it's part of any sport for that matter. If you're competing, doing something that's really hard to do, you know, and, and this is a collision sport. So there's not always fairness in life, and there certainly isn't in sports when it comes to injuries. So that part's really hard. But all, all that being said, you know, we all know that. We all, you know, I'm older now, but all of us that have ever played realize there's a chance you could be injured. So we all sign up for it. We choose to do it. And uh, it really, to me, it's counterproductive to dwell on those things, you know. And I think, uh, you know, Drew, I, I'm going to assure you this, Drew will be a great leader for us this, uh, this Saturday. He won't be playing. He'll be there on the bench with the guys, encourage him. He was doing that uh, the other day. That's just the way he is. That's the way he's wired and built. And, you know, if, if you can't uh, do something well in one area, then you find another way to, to help out. And, you know, that's how we want our guys thinking for sure. And, uh, you know, Drew will be a great example that way. But it's it's just, uh, you know, it doesn't do any good to, to cry about what you don't have or, you know, what could have been and all that stuff. It's really kind of counterproductive. So there's really no sense talking about it. And, you know, I know our guys get the, the best medical care possible. That's uh, that's really important. But, you know, we got to push on too. Ferentz talks about the Northwestern Series and the perspective of some who fail to recognize the quality of the Wildcats program. I think sometimes uh, we have a perception problem here. Like, you know, we're, we're not we, but some people are living in the 80s. I was here in the 80s. I, I talked about Wisconsin being this way. When I left here in 89, like we would have played Wisconsin three games in one day. Forget about a double header, triple header. We signed up for it in a heartbeat. Things have changed there. And I think a lot of people maybe fall victim to remember and Chuck Long throwing for 17 touchdowns in that one game, whatever year that was, 84, 85. You know, they, they weren't very good. You know, Dylan Kidd's dad played there then. I made a joke last night about, you know, it was a good place for him to go as a punter because he got to play a lot. But that was the 80s. I mean, this is a whole different era and they're honoring the 95 team. And that's so historical, just like 81 was a historical moment in the Big Ten and certainly for Iowa football. Uh, you go back to 95, but it started, you know, before that. But that was kind of the, boy, okay, they did it. And they've been really good since that time. They've had a few exceptions, but I, I've got a ton of respect for Gary Barnett. And going back, I knew Gary as an assistant. We used to recruit against each other. What he did there is phenomenal. To me, it's very, very similar to what Barry did at, uh, at uh, Wisconsin. You know, since that time, Randy Walker was an outstanding coach. Pat's a really good coach. And they, they've got really good players and they really play hard and they've got good coaches so and they've got great stability so I mean I look at them as a very tough out I mean you know and hopefully they look at us the same way but I think some people fall victim like you know back in the 80s those days are long gone that stuff's ancient history but I, I think there's a little of that stigma sometimes like you know some of those games they beat us they're pretty good it wasn't like we were terrible but they were really good they've had a lot of players we wouldn't mind having here play for us and Ferentz was asked about the improvement in Northwestern's defense. I, I think they're uh, they're very veteran, very veteran there. You know, if you look up on the, you know, we got their, their guys charted on the wall there and returning stars in red, there's a big, you think it was uh, Wisconsin or Nebraska, a lot of red up there on that wall, uh, you know. But more importantly, they're good players. You know, those guys are really playing at a high level. And then uh, the guys that have stepped in are doing a nice job also. You know, and that's something you never minimize. Clearly, their older guys are giving them good leadership. They're playing hard, setting tempo. And they're, uh, and I mean this, Hopefully it's a compliment. I hope they're not mad at us. But like they look like one of our good defenses. When our defenses are good, they're not overly fancy, but they just keep coming at you and they make it tough for you. You got to earn everything, and that's that's what what they look like. And you know that's that's what we faced two years ago too. Whatever the score was, like 10-9 or 13-10 or something like that. It's just yards were hard to come by. You know you got you got to just almost methodically be perfect, and that's hard to do offensively because they they don't give you anything easy. <laughs> 
Next, we hear from Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald, who talks about this year's Iowa's team from his perspective. Iowa's playing outstanding football. Coach Ferentz, uh, terrific football coach, great man, his staff, they, they do a great job. Very talented football team. Very physical, that's what stood out. To see, I mean, Jordan carry the ball 40-plus times last week was incredible. Great performance by him. Uh, and then CJ's doing a great job taking care of the football. He's very athletic. Uh, and, then, and then defensively, Coach Parker does a great job. I mean, they're, they're, they're phenomenal up front. Great linebacking core. And then they play fast and physical in the kicking game. And, you know, look at the job their secondary's done. They've made a ton of big plays. I mean, King has been a ball hawk. He's been all over the place. So uh, going to be a great challenge for our guys. Fitzgerald was asked about his team's offensive struggles last Saturday at Michigan. You know, we talked about early in the week and then continue to try to press it upon our guys how important first and second down was going to be. And we, we put ourselves in third and long almost the entire day, which, you know, with their defense is, is, a, is a, a recipe for disaster. I think they're outstanding, especially up front. Uh, but we, we sure compounded the problem. Not physical enough up front. Uh, didn't get off the line. Of, we got the line of scrimmage pretty well. We didn't get out of the top of our breaks well enough at wide receiver. And then we had some 50-50 balls that we didn't win on. And I thought Clayton, you know, hung in there pretty well and uh, gave ourselves a chance to be successful in some of those plays. But we just didn't we didn't accomplish it. So when we had a chance to get momentum back, we, we, we never got it done. And that in that type of environment with that type of defense, it was a recipe for disaster. Fitzgerald talks about how he thinks his team will respond to that loss at Michigan as it prepares to face Iowa. You got to get up off the mat. You know, you get knocked down and you, and you don't have the game that you, you, you're capable of having. You, you got to get up. There's no other choice. And uh, I like the way the guys were this morning. They came with a great attitude, coached the you-know-what out of them, put the game to bed pretty quick, and, and then moved on. And, and uh, I think I'll know a lot more tomorrow walking off the field. But, you know, where they were at this morning, I think, was in a very positive place. I think they were mad. I think they were mad at, you know, themselves individually, mad at, you know, the performance that we, we did not have any way, shape, or form to our capabilities on Saturday. And then you know, talked about, you know, what did we do in the first five weeks, you know, to have the success? It was the way that we prepared and then obviously the way that we performed and, you know, needed to make a momentum play. And, um, you know, even, even uh, you know, field goal puts you down 14-3. We make that, you know, you go out and you get a stop, you get another score, it's 14-10, 14-6. You know, you, you're back in the game even as poorly as we played and just weren't able to get anything going momentum-wise. And that's, that's it's tough to do when you play a very good football team. I mean, they're, they're playing as hot as anybody is right now in the country. And, you know, you'd say probably Iowa's right there with them. So, you know, we're playing two teams that are very hot, playing well, and great challenges. So we got to rise to the occasion. And Fitzgerald was asked whether there is extra motivation for the Iowa game, given the recent history between the two programs. I think there's extra motivation because they're in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, they've, they've put themselves in position by the way that they've played. They've won their games. They found ways to win tough games, close games. They had a bunch of guys get hurt on Saturday. It was impressive to watch the way they played against Illinois down the stretch. A bunch of guys stepped up for them. Uh, and that's a hallmark of Kirk's teams. I mean, they're tough. They're physical. They do what they do. They do it well. They execute fundamentally. They don't make mistakes. They typically don't beat themselves. They play very clean in all three phases, and, and you've got to execute to beat them. And um, more times than not, teams don't do that, especially when you play them in Kinnick. So I don't know. In my 10 years, I don't know how many times we've played them in Ryan Field, but it's not very often. You know, so it's it's great not to be having to travel across the Mississippi and going to need our fans and our students to show up and, and be uh, be the 12th man, you know, and, and be a part of it. Be a part of it. It's, uh, it's homecoming. We usually get a great crowd for homecoming, and I, I expect that we will on Saturday. From the 17-yard line, now Bethard backpedaling. Kanziri gets it. Out of the backfield, gets behind a block and goes in. Touchdown. He got behind his center, Austin Blythe, and walks in, and Iowa goes back in front. Patience, experience, good job by C.J. Wow, what a cut and great vision by Kanziri, the senior. And it's 13-7. Well, the Hawks come back, aided by a couple penalties. Good blocking on the perimeter, but Jordan Kanziri answers, and the Hawks have the lead.
How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings. Moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Time now for our weekly Reporter's Notebook show. This week with Steve Batterson. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sbat79. Steve looks back at the Illinois game, previews this Saturday's Big Ten contest at Northwestern, and also talks Big Ten. Steve, before we look at the Northwestern game, final thoughts on Iowa's 29-20 win over Illinois with a nearly historical performance by running back Jordan Kanzari. Yeah, you, you won't see a, a better executed drive than that, that drive in the fourth quarter where he carried 11 straight times. Just a terrific performance by Kanzari and, and the guys up front blocking for him to be able to move the 57-58 yards downfield and, and, and to chew that, those minutes off the clock and keep the ball out of the hands of an Illinois offense that has been awfully confident in the fourth quarter. They'd won two straight games with four fourth quarter comebacks and, and to be able to uh, to not give them, them that opportunity certainly uh, that was a valuable uh, situation for Iowa. The only downside of the Illinois game really for the Hawkeyes was the fact that I was going to have to take a portable mash unit with the team up to Evanston this weekend. There are so many injuries that have really built up. The new two deeps have a mishmash in the offensive line to some degree. Drew Ott of course now out for the season with a torn ACL. Five starters from the opening game are missing. James Daniels could be the first true freshman to start at offensive tackle under Kirk. Bethard hurt but planning to play. No LaShawn Daniels, Betker, Myers, Doozy, Tavon Smith. Outside of that, what is Iowa going to do? Yeah, a very physical stretch of games here has kind of caught up with the Hawkeyes. It's going to be interesting to see how they they kind of patch things together this week. They'll come up with a plan. It'll probably start with, with handing the ball to Jordan Canzari, which has been a pretty good place to start, but I do think you will see some other backs involved in the offense this week. I really think Iowa has no question. They have to do that. You know, whether it be a healthy Derek Mitchell, which is we've been told that he, he's back to full strength, or or uh, even Akron Wadley, who whose uh, trustworthiness is, has been somewhat of a question uh, in terms of ball security. They need to, to expand that group of, of personnel a little bit. Northwestern's kind of in the same situation. They've gotten into the same deal with Justin Jackson there where you've got a guy you like the flow that you're in and, and it just kind of uh, you just keep rolling with it but uh, eventually that's going to catch up with you and, and you know what we've seen we're going to see some some mixing and matching I think. We're going to see uh, you know certainly Parker Hesse is going to get another start at defensive end in place of Drew Ott. He, he, he played pretty much the whole pick game uh, there. That's, that's a good thing. Uh, he at least has one full game of experience under his belt and he's going to be kind of the primary guy moving forward but I do think we'll see you know a little bit of rotation Kirk kind of hinted at that yesterday that the Matt Nelson and and uh, you know long lost Melvin Bud Spears a, a senior who really hasn't played too much during his career may factor into things there as well. Well you talked about the physicality of the Illinois game and that of course came on top of the physicality involved in Iowa's win at Wisconsin and normally you don't think of Northwestern as being a very physical team 
team, but they seem to be more so this year, at least up until last Saturday at that game up in Ann Arbor, and they have one of the better defenses in the Big Ten. Yeah, this is a Northwestern team that, you know, not unlike Iowa. I mean, they were coming off of a season that was that was full of some disappointment, and, and the rebuilding process for Northwestern has kind of started it on the defensive side. It's, it's a pretty veteran group. Uh, they, they will be without one of their better defensive backs this week in, in Matt Harris, but uh, it is a group that has kind of set a tone with uh, being fairly stingy on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, they went into that Michigan game last week having allowed 7.2 or 3 points per game, and it, it's a, a group that has been very hard to score on, much like Iowa in that respect. They've been very tough around the red zone. It's a, a defense that's uh, playing an aggressive physical brand brand of football, and, and uh, they set that tone early with a, with a win over Stanford, and it's kind of continued uh, as the season has progressed. It's the homecoming game for the Wildcats, and there's no love lost between these two programs, really, since the mid-90s when Hayden Fry and his version of the Iowa Hawkeyes kind of poured it on so many years in a row for Northwestern. Former Wildcat head coach Gary Barnett's back as the honorary captain. He was the head coach for the 1995 Northwestern Rose Bowl team, which Pat Fitzgerald, the current Northwestern head coach, played on. And incidentally, Fitzgerald did not get to play in that Rose Bowl game because he broke his leg in the Iowa game. But let's dive right on in. We've already talked about the Northwestern defense a little bit. Some interesting matchups with Iowa's offense. First of all, the Hawkeyes come in with a 31.7 point per game average. That's the second best scoring offense in the big. But really interestingly, and to speak to how much the offense has improved, the Hawkeyes lead the Big Ten with 11 plays of 40 yards or more. They only had 12 all of last season. However, Northwestern's not allowed a single play of 40 yards or more this entire year. Kind of what they've been about. I mean, they, they've, you know, they've had a, uh, you know, solid schedule. I mean, they went to Duke and won 19-10, a pretty impressive road win there. And, you know, this is this has been a defense that uh, they've been fairly salty. I mean, they they physically, they're they're fairly average. I mean, they're, they're middle of the pack in, in, in stopping the run and, and middle of the pack in stopping the, stopping the pass. But it's been, um, you know, the type of, of a Northwestern team that is, has really excelled at, at not giving up big plays. Uh, they've been extremely stingy on third down. I think they're seventh in the country in terms of denying teams a chance to move the chains on, on, on third down. And that's been uh, kind of their bread and butter this year. Scoring defense is really impressive. Only 12.2 points per game. That's third in the Big Ten. And that's despite the fact that Michigan scored 38 on them last week. They're very good in the red zone. They're second in the Big Ten with nine scores and 13 trips, four TDs. Who are they tied with? Iowa. Really good play out of their secondary this year. Yeah, it's been a very veteran group, especially early on. Nick Van Hoos is, is, is one of the guys who is a, uh, has been a steady contributor back there all season long. Matthew Harris is a guy that has also been one of their leaders. He, he'll be out this week. He uh, broke a couple of bones in his face during a hit at Michigan last week, and he'll be lost for, for at least the next couple of weeks. And That's a pretty big blow for Northwestern. They've, they've kind of relied on him and, and his aggressiveness back there to, to make some plays, and it's been a, it's been a pretty salty uh, collection of talent, and you take a look at kind of where they're at, and between those two guys, uh, Trayvon Henry's a senior. He's been around for a long time, uh, and Godwin uh, Iguibuque is, is also a veteran guy. He's only a sophomore, but he's, he's played a lot of football already in two seasons for the Wildcats. They've only given up two passing touchdowns all year. The defense overall has five picks. You know, there's a lot of interesting 
matchups here, Iowa's offense versus Northwestern's defense, because something's going to have to give. You've got the big play capability so far this year of Iowa versus Northwestern's defense not allowing those. You have Iowa averaging the 31-plus points per game, Northwestern only giving up about 12. So if you're looking at Iowa's offense right now, Bethard is looking to become the first ever Iowa quarterback in history to start 8-0, but he's completing just 46% of his passes in the Big Ten so far, the two games. Some of those matchups are like strength to strength here. And and that will be, uh, you know, concern again this week. Northwestern, uh, you know, has been fairly solid against the pass. Team, teams are completing about 53% of their passes against this, this Northwestern defense. It's, it's uh, you know, it's one of the more effective of uh, collections and collective groups of talent in the Big Ten, it, it, they've had uh, success. It's a type of defense where they're, you know, they've had some individual standouts, but they don't really have that one or two superstar type thing. It, it, it's been more of a, a team effort, and it, it certainly has been working for them. On their defensive line, they've got a senior Deontay Gibson, a defensive end who seems pretty solid. He's got five sacks so far this season, which is tied for 16th in the nation. And you got the kind of patchwork offensive line for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, Gibson. Is is a very active player. Uh, he had two and a half of those sacks last week at, at, at Michigan, which uh, was a career high for him. So he's coming in on, on a pretty good role. He was one of the few highlights they actually had in that game in Ann Arbor. He's uh, he's part of a, a pretty veteran group. They started three seniors up, up front on the defensive line, and, and uh, you know it was expected to be a strength of this football team, and it certainly has been. We've already talked about Kanzeri's terrific performance versus Illinois. He comes into this game sixth in the nation in rushing attempts, 20th in rushing yards. He's one of seven players in the FBS to have at least 675 yards rushing. And you also had a bit of a breakout game last week against the Illini for Iowa's wide receivers, especially true freshman Germanic Smith, who was subbing in for the injured Tavon Smith. A terrific uh, debut, if you will. I mean, he was targeted a couple times at Wisconsin and wasn't able to connect with Bethard. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, to, to have the kind of game that he had uh, has to uh, you know add to his confidence level heading into Northwestern and you know coming off a, a fairly rough day against the Badgers it, it was good for him it certainly was good for the Iowa passing game uh, you know Tavon Smith still sidelined this week and so you need someone to kind of compliment in, uh, Matt Vandenberg uh, to, to give him some room to work and Smith's performance was uh, was a type of performance that will uh, you know catch the defensive coordinator's eye and uh, Northwestern's going to have to be prepared for that. The Bethard to Germanic Smith pass for 49 yards was one of the most exciting plays I think we've seen from Iowa's offense this season. Bethard is a little bit of a riverboat gambler type of player. Almost reminds you a little bit of Brett Favre. That particular play just sticks out in my mind where he had a wide open receiver running down the sideline, would have been a safe pass, and yet, and throws back across his body into the middle of the field and and Germanic Smith makes an even better catch but now you have a situation where Bethard is appears to be hobbled even more than he was a couple of weeks ago. And I think that play also typifies the way CJ kind of throws his body around out there. And I know Kirk talked about it this week, but that has to be a concern. Not only his long-term health with virtually no experience behind him, but it's just the way he approaches the game. Yeah, it is his mindset. And, and I think it, it, it certainly is something that rubs off on the guy 
guys around him. I think Iowa's, Iowa's personnel has become a little more aggressive in part because their quarterback is a little more aggressive and he is willing to kind of throw his body around and, and try to make some plays happen. I mean, that, that's a perfect example of a play that probably would not have happened a year ago. And certainly it's part of what, what you know, C.J. Beathard has brought to this Iowa offense. And it, it certainly is something that has is, is kind of helped Iowa average another 40, 45 yards a game compared to a year ago, which has certainly helped them have success in the red zone and put them in a position to score more frequently. And, you know, all those things kind of add up together. But, but you're right. They need him healthy and they need him on the field. He can't, you know, he's not going to be making passes if he's standing on the sideline, you know, with, a, with his arm in a sling or something. But, uh, you know, this is a this is a situation where he's got to be fairly smart. And he realizes that. I mean, he, he's going to have to uh, do what he's capable of. But also, uh, he said the other day, you know, if a 300-pound lineman is charging at him, he's going to run. Uh, that, that's just going to, that's going to happen. So, I, you know, I think what we're going to see is probably, you know, hopefully a little a little common sense, but also a guy that doesn't lose his edge because that's uh, that's what has made him so effective. You know, he's got a little bit of Drew Tate in him in terms of, of willing to his willingness to kind of uh, do some things that maybe are a little bit unorthodox and and, and have that kind of uh, you know that edge to them, and, and it certainly has worked for Iowa so far. One thing about him, he doesn't seem to have that kind of sixth sense that some quarterbacks do when there's some big lug bearing down on him from behind, and I think that's led to him taking some more hits than might otherwise be the case this year, but that's certainly something to keep an eye on in this game. After this break, Steve talks the Iowa defense matchup versus Northwestern's offense, special teams, and the Big Ten. Beffer, downfield, throws, man open, caught at the 13, Germanique Smith. What an acrobatic play for the freshman. That is a gain of 51. And how about the poise of C.J. Beathard with his legs extending the play and then just chucking the football down the field in an acrobatic catch by the freshman Smith. That's two athletes making plays plays, one by extending the play and the other racing down the field and extending for the catch. Already over 100 yards receiving for Smith. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low-slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll-free at 1-800-383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. Let's flip the switch here and look at Iowa's defense against Northwestern's offense. The Wildcats have a redshirt freshman in uh, quarterback in Clayton Thorson. He's a running threat. So far, he really hasn't demonstrated that he's a deep 
passing threat, more of a dink and dunk type of a passing game this season for Northwestern. He's completing 55% of his passes, four passing touchdowns, but he leads Northwestern with four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he's a very typical Northwestern quarterback. When you when you think of uh, some of Pat Fitzgerald's quarterbacks in, in recent years, they've they've had good success with guys who who have done just that. They've been fairly effective passers, not uh, rewriting you know passing record books or anything, with or noted for their arm strength. But uh, you know, a guy who isn't afraid to tuck it down and run. He's a kid out of Wheaton North that Iowa had a lot of recruiting interest in, and, and uh, you know, really wasn't able to get very far with him. Uh, he committed to the Wildcats fairly early and uh, made a pretty good impression once arriving on campus. I mean, he, he caught, uh, you know, he, he's providing Pat Fitzgerald with exactly what he was hoping to get out of the kid, and, and, and that's a quarterback who not only can throw the ball, but can run it as well. And he's about 161 rushing yards, I think, right now. And, uh, you know, he's he's a weapon that they're going to have to be very aware of defensively. You know, we've talked a lot about Jordan Canzeri with his slight frame being a workhorse for Iowa, but Northwestern has a running back. Justin Jackson, who has 150 rushes already. He's averaging 110 plus per game. That compares to Kanzari's, whose total is 132. Yeah, he, he, uh, Justin Jackson leads the country right now in, in rushing attempts. and he, He's a kid that uh, Iowa also tried to recruit. He's a western suburban kid out, out of Carroll Stream, I believe, is where he's from. And he's uh, a, a tough little back. Uh, the, the Hawkeyes, uh, he came into that game a year ago at Kinnick, uh, having a string of 100-yard performances as a true freshman. And Iowa was able to, to hold him under, under 100. He finished with 94 that day, and I think 24 carries. But, you know, he's a back that certainly has some abilities. He's, he's not the biggest kid in the world, but he's got uh, he's got a lot of toughness in him. He's uh, he, he's a kind of back. He's 5'11", 190. He's got some shiftiness, and he's not unlike Tenzeri. He's got kind of that sense of when to twist and turn and how to use his body and use it pretty effectively to, to make things happen. He's had a couple games where he's been over 30 carries. He's been, I think it was 33 and 35 on consecutive weeks for, for them. So he's been getting a lot of work as well. And uh, Much like Kirk was talking the other day about the need to kind of get some guys involved in the run game. Pat Fitzgerald's been saying the same thing at Northwestern, but uh, much like Kirk, the the flow that, that this kid has been able to get into as well as you know, kind of led Northwestern to, to continue to put the ball in his hands repeatedly. Well, you're going to have a big matchup again. Strength versus strength might surprise some Iowa fans to know that Northwestern's second in the Big Ten in, in rushing yards per game at 213.7. We all know how good Iowa's defense against the run has been. They're only giving up 78 yards per game. Yeah, they haven't allowed a, a, a team to, to rush for 100 yards against them yet this season. So, you know, the Hawkeyes are, are are in for another test. Certainly, you know, Northwestern's preference is, is to, uh, you know, to run the ball. It was something they did not do particularly well at Michigan last week. Some of it had to do with time and score. They fell behind 21-0 after one quarter. But Jackson is covering, coming off of his worst start at, at the collegiate level. And they've got a, you know, a very solid line and an older line that, uh, you know, has some experience as well. And they've got three seniors and a couple of juniors up front. And Shay Mertz, at right guard, they got one of the better and bigger guys in, in, in the Big Ten. He's six eight three ten. This is this is a, uh, a Northwestern team that uh, hangs its hat on being able to run the football against whoever they play. They did not do that last week, and my guess is they're going to come out and try to prove on Saturday that they. 
they have that ability. Not only has Iowa's rush defense overall been good, but in the fourth quarter it's been outstanding. Six games, six fourth quarters. The Hawkeyes have only yielded 73 total rushing yards in the fourth quarter. You know, one of the things, too, this has been a team that's finished, and, and that's been the strength of this Hawkeye team. It certainly wasn't a year ago, and it, it is one area, along with winning at home, that, uh, that Kirk Ferentz is most pleased about with his team. They've, they've turned around a couple of issues that they had a year ago, and that's given Iowa a chance to compete. You know, now with uh, with Drew out, you know, that changes the dynamics of that defensive front again. Uh, Hesse's got a game under his belt, but, uh, you know, they're going to need Nate Meyer to, to continue to kind of do some of the things that he and Drew both were doing in, in previous games, creating a little havoc out there. And Hesse's going to have to kind of settle into that role. And, you know, in, in between, you know, I think it kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Jalil Johnson has really had some nice, solid games here for Iowa, and and, and Nate Budget has has grown into his his role at the defensive tackle spot as well. The fact that we're not hearing a lot about those guys, I think, is a good thing. It means that things are being uh, being taken care of pretty effectively. The other important thing so far for Iowa's defense this season is they lead the Big Ten with eight interceptions, and Desmond King leads the Big Ten and is fourth nationally with five picks. Yeah, last week, uh, you know. Illinois chose to uh, pretty much not throw his way, which is good. That that works, uh, you know, really works in the, the favor of the Iowa defense. It made for a challenge-filled day for Greg Maven, but it, it certainly uh, it it turns that uh, that offense, imposing offense, into kind of a left-handed operation. And, and the more you can do that, whether it be just getting them out of their comfort zone by forcing them to go to one one segment of the game, or, or simply focusing them to focus on one part of the field, that's all a benefit. They did go at Greg Maben a lot, who did not have his best game, to say the least. However, he did come up with a big pick towards the end. Yeah, that was a huge that was a huge fourth quarter pick, and, and, and Parker Hesse, a front force a fourth quarter fumble that, that were every bit as important as that nice long drive that the Iowa offense manufactured. The ability to kind of to do those things has been pretty opportunistic for this Iowa football team, and it's something to turn the, turn the team over, especially in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line. That's huge. A special team note of interest, Dylan Kidd, Iowa's punter, now ranked second in the Big Ten and 11th nationally in punting. He's averaging 46.1 yards per punt. That's enormous improvement over last year. His uh, older brother, Garrett Kidd, is a senior wide receiver for Northwestern. Yeah, he is on the depth chart this week. He's a second team guy, uh, transferred in from Miami. He does not have a catch this season. It'll be interesting to see if they kind of target him with uh, with his brother in the house, but uh, it's one of the, uh, it's one of those stories that uh, obviously you know their father John was a was a terrific punter for Northwestern a few years back and Dylan has uh, made his father proud with the growth that he's, he's seen this season uh, it, it's been uh, one of the one of the needed success stories on this Iowa football team. Three other notes of interest the Hawkeyes have scored 44 points off of turnovers they only had 35 all of last season that's been key certainly in these first six games they're fourth in the Big Ten and turnover margin at plus five the Wildcats are fifth at plus three. Northwestern's the least penalized team in the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, sometimes that can be a good thing, sometimes a bad thing, but but I think in this case it's probably a good thing. Pat Fitzgerald coaches a, a pretty solid brand of football, and you know, it's a pretty heavy team that uh, sometimes when you get those low turn, uh, flag numbers, that, that kind of indicates maybe you're not playing aggressively enough, but that's not the case with this team. They've shown a, a real uh, real passion on the defensive side that uh, kind of negates any, any question there. Before we get your keys in your prediction. Let's look at the Big Ten for just a couple of moments. A big week last 
week some separation there. Not only did Iowa defeat Illinois, but Wisconsin went to Lincoln and won in the closing seconds out there. So the Big Ten West has the Hawkeyes sitting at 2-0. This sets up a big game here in Evanston Saturday between Iowa and Northwestern. And then you have Nebraska at Minnesota. Whichever team loses that is probably out of the Big Ten West race. And then you have two big games, one really big one in the Big Ten East, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State at Ohio State. You've got, you've got the top four teams all 2-0 in the conference meeting head-to-head uh, out east. And yeah, this this will be kind of a separation Saturday uh, to a degree for, for an early season situation out there. And Michigan State going into Ann Arbor. Uh, the Wolverines obviously are playing awfully well right now. Michigan State's been a little wobbly. Took a took kind of an errant spike from Rutgers for them to, to get out of uh, New Jersey last week with a uh, with a win. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what transpires there. It looks like Ohio State might be starting to hit its stride out east as well. You know, that's probably not good news for the rest of that division, but uh, it looks like they may have some things ironed out offensively. You know, the West, yeah, you're right. That, that Minnesota, was, uh, Minnesota game against Nebraska is a real interesting one. Nebraska has been sneaked with this season, and, and you know, just a steady stream of last-second losses especially the last two weeks to Illinois and and last week to, to Wisconsin. It put them in a, in a bad situation. They're two and four. It's their worst start in 56 years. And while I'm sure a lot of Iowa fans aren't shedding too many tears over that, it's uh, you know one of the things that Jerry Kill mentioned this week is Nebraska seems to be playing some pretty decent football. They're just not buying that right break at the right time down the stretch. And, you know the confidence I'm sure is a little wavy right now, but it's one of those things that, that Kill mentioned that you know they're going to break through at some point, and it's just a matter of when. And and you know. He's hoping it's not this week. So, so, yeah, some interesting matchups. And certainly, you know, you take a look at Iowa at Northwestern, and a huge game for Iowa. If they can find a way to get to, to 3-0 in the conference and kind of separate themselves a little more from some of those teams knocking on the door behind them, you know, give themselves a little breathing room over a couple of teams that might be a factor in this thing at the end, it certainly would be a benefit. Uh, uh, I have some questions about the uh, the depth of the injury situations that, that, that I was dealing with this week. I think this is probably going to be a, a game that will be much different from the one we saw a year ago, Kinnick, when, when Iowa got off to a, a, an extremely quick start. I think this thing is going to be a four-quarter battle. I think it's going to be very physical again, and, and I do think that uh, you know whoever can find a way to put some points on the board at the end, uh, whether it be through a field goal or maybe a, you know, a, a sustained drive that leads to, to a score, is probably going to come away with about a four- or five-point win. Only six teams in the nation right now that are 6-0. and The Big Ten has three of those, Iowa, Michigan State, and Ohio State. And if Michigan can come away with a win Saturday against the Spartans and Iowa wins at Northwestern, you are going to fuel the discussion more and more about the possibility of a Big Ten championship matchup in Indianapolis of two quarterbacks, C.J. Beathard versus Jake Rudock. That's something that Kirk Ferentz told us back in in the spring that he would love to see happen <laughs> for a lot of reasons because it, it would mean that both teams had had a good season and uh, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. I, I don't think there'd be any uh, anybody complaining too much about that. There's still a ton of football out there in front of everybody, but I, I do think that uh, 
Bethard, a, a kid who's performed at a pretty high level, and, and certainly Jake is, is having a nice season uh, with Michigan as well, and giving them the kind of leadership that uh, really has helped Jim Harbaugh kind of establish himself in, in Ann Arbor. And that's when, when you can take the wins and loss distraction out of the way and play good football and, and, and win games with uh, just solid offensive and defensive performances, it it's, uh, you know makes things so much easier. I think it seems really clear that at least for the, the 2015 season and, and the 2015 version of their respective teams, each of the head coaches, Kirk Ferentz and Jim Harbaugh, have the quarterbacks that are best suited for their system right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, and I think we see this in Iowa's offensive performance. I, I think that uh, we're seeing you know plays called that would not have been called a year ago with, with Jake behind center, and I think that's because of, of, of the ability of Bethard to to uh, you know to make some big plays to, to take the ball deep. Uh, he's got he's got certainly has a strong arm, and he's got some receivers who are able to uh, not only you know not only break free and make the catch, but also he's got a group of receivers who are who are really willing and are bought into the notion of blocking this year. And I, I think that's made a difference too. It, it was a, it was an offseason emphasis that I, I think has only helped the Iowa football team grow. Well, we're at the point for your prediction. Yeah, and I I think that this is the type of game that uh, you know is probably going to be a 14 to, to uh, 10 kind of game, and and I I think that uh, I, I'm I am concerned with Iowa's injuries this week, and I, and I could see Northwestern coming away with with a, a victory on Saturday, unless uh, you know I will leave a caveat there to give myself an out. If C.J. Beathard can stay healthy, make some plays with his feet, which I think is a big if this week, then I think Iowa has a chance to do some good things. Look for some defensive pressure on on Clayton Thorson, the uh, freshman quarterback in Northwestern. If they, if they can rattle his world a little bit, it wouldn't surprise me to see Iowa sneak out of there with the win. Big game for both teams. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Jordan Kanziri, a record number of carries for an Iowa running back today, 43 in all, 257 yards and a touchdown. He also had a receiving touchdown. And Iowa, which will be at number 13 Northwestern next week, that'll be a big game in the Big Ten. It's a favorable schedule for the Iowa Hawkeyes as they seek to get to Indianapolis in the Big Ten championship game. Iowa is bowl eligible, 6-0 for the seventh time in program history and the second time under Kirk Ferentz. Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook. Also be sure to check out all of the Hawkeye stories, features, and blogs in the Gazette and the Quad City Times. Our thanks again to ESPN2 for the game highlights this week, and thanks as always to Steve Batterson. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you will subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. 
This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.